This is the Employment Law Show. It sure is, and welcome to it here. It's the uh, the Tuesday night edition, and uh, we're set to go. John Scholes here, Lior Samfiru, of course, joining us. And you have some issues going on at work, or maybe something you've always just wondered about uh, workplace rights and employment law. Bring it on. The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. I'll give you some other contact information throughout the show. And the main focus tonight will be all these things can be constructed dismissal. Great topic because if you're familiar with the term, that's okay, but maybe everything underneath the banner you're not aware of. So this will be enlightening for sure. Lior will uh, give some more details very shortly, but we always start off with the case of the day. What is going on in your end? Hey, John. Great to be here, of course. And, uh, you know, I may be a bit more more tired than usual today because believe it or not so far this is crazy actually usually this time of year you know not much is happening with the employer so we don't get as many calls but man oh man i mean we're, we're almost having a hard time keeping up i don't know if it's uh, a sign of the economy taking a, a a turn for the worse or what but we're still seeing a lot of people losing their job with a lot of employment issues a lot of companies being bought and sold or, or uh, employees finding that they're Pay is going to change. Your hours are going to change. Lots and lots of those calls. So listen, we're still here. We're still taking these questions, answering them, solving workplace problems. And we do this on the show as well. Of course, if you're dealing with a workplace issue, now is the time to deal with it. Let's deal with it now so that when you uh, ring the new year, hopefully things uh, things will be better. You ring in a better year. So if you lost your job recently, let's talk about what you're owed. If you're job is changing in the new year, if you just found out that your role, your compensation, your hours, your work location are going to be different, let's talk about what that means. Call us right now. I'll tell you. I'll give you that information that you need to have. And of course, like so many people, I told you it's been a crazy month so far, you can always reach me in the office by phone or email, and we'll give you that contact information throughout the show. But let me tell you about a discussion I had earlier today with uh, with an individual. So this gentleman had worked for the same company for many years. But like many other individuals, during COVID, he shifted to working from home exclusively. Very, very common. And he's been working from home ever since. He's loving it. It's it's changed his life for the better. He feels healthier, happier. He's spending more time with his family. So And he feels he's as productive, if not more productive, at work. Never had an issue. Uh, great reviews. Things are going well. Well, he just found out uh, from his employer that he's expected to start coming into work three times a week starting January, starting after the holidays. He doesn't want to uh, because, of course, he's comfortable where he's at. So really, his question to me was, can they force me? And what happens if I don't? So here's the thing. Because this is a unique situation, COVID, when the pandemic was behind us, Employers were able to say, now that the pandemic is behind us, we can make you come back to work in the office. They're able to yeah. do that. And an employee that refused to do that would be considered to have resigned. But wait a second. That was probably a year and a half ago now. If in this last year and a half, when kind of the pandemic was essentially behind us, your employer still allowed you to stay at home and didn't say anything, it now becomes a term of employment. So all of a sudden, your employer could have required you to go back to work, say, a year, year and a half ago. They chose not to. They allowed you to stay. By now, they've lost the ability to make you go back to work. Wow. Now, it's something that if you refuse to go back to work, and it's not a resignation. If they want to let you go, they can, but they're going to have to pay you full severance. For this guy, that's going to mean at least a year's pay. So that's a very important lesson here because – 
you may still have people that are in that situation where they're working from home at this point. If your employer is saying, too bad, now we're changing it, that may not be something that they're allowed to do. And even beyond that, if your employer gives you some benefits, some perk that they're not required to, but they give it to you, they can't just take that away. It becomes a term of employment. And if they take that away, there could be repercussions to that. That's very important. It's important for employers to remember as well that if you have certain rights and you don't stand on those rights, you don't pursue those rights, you may lose them. So very important lessons there for both employees and employers. So when the, uh, you know, when the post-COVID, okay, time to go back to work, when did the warranty run out on that thing for employers? Yeah, it's a great question. When would that have happened? You know, probably I would have said for, say, six months or so. Yeah. In the first six months, the employer, you know, probably I would have said it would have been the beginning of this year. So beginning of 2023, by then, if your employer told you to come back to work, you kind of had to. After that, man, it becomes tough for the employer to say, now we've decided to to do that when they didn't pursue that before. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if you've been made to come back to work recently or been told you have to, you may not have to. Keeping in mind, of course, John, that doesn't mean you can't be let go for refusing. You can because an employer can let you go pretty much for any reason. But your full severance would have to be paid. You'd still be entitled to EI because it's not a resignation. We are going to be talking constructive dismissal momentarily after a short break, which we'll get into now. That'll also give you an opportunity to pick up a phone if any uh, things have come to mind in the last couple of minutes. You want to ask Lior, now's the time to do it. This is the show to do it. And we'll continue with more of the Employment Law Show. Stick around. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. You betcha. 641, we're back at it here. Lior Sanfiru is your guy after the show. Same guy. How about that? Give him a call if you want to discuss the matter further. one 855 Help at employmentlawyer.ca or that website you should always go there first and check it out even if you don't need Lior and his team right away pocketemploymentlawyer.ca going to get into our uh, chat about constructive dismissal shortly but as we always say the phone calls feel free to interrupt us we'd love to be interrupted Teresa you've done exactly that good evening how are you I'm good how are you great thank god you uh really thankful rather that you uh you phoned in still took some time tonight what's going on with you So, um, it's a little bit of a complex situation. I was in a car accident with a company vehicle on a weekend, um, although I was not working. And I've been working from home since then with doctor's notes. And in the last week, I've been contacted by my employer asking me when I'm going to be returning to the office. And um, they've actually hired another individual and I received an email on Friday stating that they're going to be dismantling my portfolio to create a portfolio for this individual and um, I'm concerned because it looks as though they're slowly trying to push me out of my position and setting me up basically for termination. So dismantling your portfolio, what does that mean? Or at least how how would this impact you? I'm a a property manager. So I manage 13 properties. Well, 10 to 12 properties. And So so what happens if they dismantle it? Would you not have work or how's that going to work? Well, what will happen is they've actually hired two individuals. If they split up my portfolio between those two individuals, I will not have any any properties to manage. Okay, and terminating yeah. my employment, right? 
Well, are you get do you get paid a fixed salary? I do. So presumably, I mean, if they give you less work, they would still pay you. So here's how I look at this. Right now, let's deal with the the working from home issue. You could provide them a doctor's note. If your doctor knows how long you're going to need to be off or, or working from home, then the doctor can say down the note that you need another 30 days, 60 days, whatever it is. That's fine. If your doctor doesn't know, your doctor can simply say that you'll be evaluated again in however long the doctor says is, is reasonable. You provide them that doctor's note that deals with that. Now, in terms of your job, if they want, if for some reason they want you to do less work and pay you the same, that's great. That's fine. If yeah, they let you, that would be wonderful. I, I mean, I, I'll go work there as well. But yeah. if if they uh, start paying you less, that's a constructive dismissal. They're not allowed to do that, and that potentially could be a human rights violation if they did that because you were off work dealing with your uh, with your injuries. Certainly, if they let you go. Of course, they're going to have to pay you your full severance, but in addition, that could be a human rights violation as well. That could be completely illegal. But until they do something like that, either let you go or pay you less, you continue working, you continue doing your job and following your doctor's advice. Now, how long have you been there for? Um, January of 2022, so almost two years. So, and, and how long, uh, sorry, how old are you, uh, Teresa? 51. So you probably could be looking at as five, six months of severance. You know, probably right around six months actually is what severance would look like for you if they let you go. But in addition to that, there could be a human rights violation, which may mean additional damages. So for now, get that doctor's note. Continue doing your job. If they let you go or something changes, you call me right away. For sure. And if I can get that number again, please. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you uh, right now, Teresa. That would be one eight five five eight. Two one fifty nine hundred. I'll repeat it throughout the show as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out through email as well. Really appreciate the phone call, Teresa. You got time as well. Bring it on. As we mentioned, okay, constructive dismissal. All these things are underneath that banner. Firstly, or break down basically what is a constructive dismissal for uh, those that aren't our longtime listeners, right? So a constructive dismissal is a situation where your employer is doing something that they're not allowed to do. They're making some significant change to the terms of employment or making it difficult for you to continue working. And as a result of your employer doing that, you, the employee, are allowed to consider yourself as being terminated. You can say that, wait a second, employer, because you did this, because you changed the terms of my employment, because you treated me badly, because you did something you're not allowed to do. I am now considering myself as being terminated, and now you have to pay me my full severance. So a regular dismissal is a situation where the company calls you into a meeting and lets you go. No problem. We know what that looks like. A constructive dismissal is a situation where the company's not letting you go, but you've decided that because of what the company did wrong, that you've been let go, and now you don't gonna, you're not going to work there anymore and you're going to force the company to pay you severance. So a regular dismissal, company initiates. Constructive dismissal, the employee initiates. We'll get to Pat before we carry on. Hi, Pat. How are you? Good evening. Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Go ahead. What's uh, what's your concern? Uh, my question is, um, can an employer limit you to severance pay and what ESA would provide and no more? Great question. 
Excellent question. So an employer is able to limit your severance by way of an employment agreement. So in some situations, an employer would outline in your employment agreement that if you're ever let go, your entitlements will be limited and you're not going to get your full severance. Now, it is not easy to do. And probably in 80%, if not more, of the situations where employers have tried to limit entitlements, they've not done that successfully. What our courts have said is that in order for an employment agreement to limit severance, it has to be drafted in a very specific way. It has to say certain things in a certain sequence. And if it doesn't do all those things perfectly, it's not going to do it. It's not going to be enforceable. So in many cases, we see situations where someone comes to us with an employment agreement that tries to limit entitlements, but doesn't do so successfully. So can they do it? Yes, but in 80% of the cases where they try to do it, they have not been able to do so. Okay, thank you very much. Richard, you are up next. Thanks for standing by, pal. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, sorry, so I'm an employer. Uh, I own a, like a, a, a business, like a property maintenance business, and uh, one of my drivers, uh, I just found out uh, his license had expired uh, back in August, he's lost his license, and he's going to have to restart the entire process for getting his license. Uh, oh. The whole G, uh, G one, G two. Oh man! So, yeah, but th- I guess the issue is, is um, he's not able to get into work, and then even if he was able to get into work, he's no longer able to perform the duties that were required of him. Mm-hmm. Um, am, am I able to terminate him without any repercussions at this point, or like where where am I as an employer? So, Richard, I take it that the reason he lost his license, it's not because of medical reasons. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So if it's not because of medical reasons and he is not able to do his job, uh, this is what we call a frustration of contract. What that means is because of something that's happened, in this case, he lost his license, the job simply cannot be done. It's not your fault. uh, and, And that simply means that you're able to end the relationship with him and not have to pay him anything. Now, if it's a situation where he can get his license back in a few days, but it's just for a few days that he can't drive, then you're, you can't necessarily do that. But if it's going to be a, a prolonged period of time or we don't even know how long, then, yeah, it would absolutely be frustration of contract. And you're able to say, no, uh, we don't have a job for you anymore. If and when you get your license, feel free to apply and then we'll see where we're at. Uh, but again, as long as it's something that it's not going to be resolved within a couple of days or so. So a couple of days, not a couple of weeks or a month or anything, it's, well, it's got to be. You know, if, if it's a couple of weeks, I would still say that, that it's not a frustration and, and he can certainly be off work for that period of time. If it, if it goes beyond that, then it's frustration of contract. So I would find out as much as you can uh, what the anticipated period of time is for him to be able to fully do his job. Uh, and okay. then... Uh, if it's a couple of weeks, I would kind of draw the line there. If it's more than a couple of weeks, you probably are good with frustration or contract. If it's a couple of weeks or, or, or less, I would say that you're, you're in order to avoid potential liability for severance, you're better off to say, okay, be off, off work and then we'll have the job waiting for you in two weeks. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I appreciate that. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate well, the call. I can't. I can't imagine if he's got to go through, as Richard said, the whole process of G one, G two. That ain't going to be a couple of weeks. That is a long process. It's not like it exactly. was when we were young, right? Yeah. But I don't know yeah. if this is a situation where 
he can ask for some special privileges. I don't know. But but Maybe. certainly, if it's a long process and he can't do his job because of that, that's not the employer's fault. That's a frustration of contract. Uh, and, and because of that, no severance would be out. You got it. Let's move over to Andrew. Andrew, thanks for hanging on for a moment. How are you? Good evening. Hey, not too bad. How are you? Good, pal. What's going on with you? Uh, so I've recently had uh, crap go downhill, and I'm at the bottom of that. So that's looking <laughs> a, a performance review. And uh, I'm a software guy at an engineering firm, and uh, I feel like the writing is on the wall as the company's doing tightening. But the criteria that they're kind of evaluating my, my expected uh, daily deliverables is very vague and more so geared towards engineers like a civil engineer rather than the day-to-day of a software developer. And so I was kind of curious, is there any things I could kind of uh, like have with pushback uh, or how do I kind of handle some of those situations? But I think that the writing might be on the wall. So I was kind of curious, feeling is there potential termination? Well, what's my outcome looking like for is a termination from failing to meet a uh, performance review? Is that something that gets EI? Is that something that gets a sure. severance? Yeah. So what, what you want to avoid here is a situation where there could be in a position to terminate you for cause. Uh, and, and, you know, if they were to say, listen, he didn't meet his uh, performance objectives. We tried, we told him, and he still couldn't do it. We, we, we want to try to terminate for cause. Now, that may or may not be cause, but certainly it's something you want to avoid because that may mean you don't get severance or EI. The best way to avoid that is if you feel that the criteria are unreasonable or the performance reviews are are not reasonable or not accurate, you have to say so. Your silence, if you simply kind of turn the other cheek and don't say anything, your silence is the same as you agreeing that everything is fine. And then if everything is fine, well, then they're right. So the best way to deal with that is send an email to be very detailed and say, here's why I think that these criteria are not accurate or not proper. Uh, here's what I think that we should do instead. You be, can be very professional and, and, and very conciliatory even, but you want to put that on the record. And you're not doing it because you think they'll change their mind. You're doing that so that you're not considered to have accepted uh, what they've done. In that situation, they may still end up letting you go, but that will be a without cause termination, meaning, yes, you do get your full severance and you do get EI. So that's what you need to do. It's just the worst thing you can do here is to say, well, I don't agree with it, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to rock the boat. You have to say something in order to protect yourself. Okay. And I was trying to take every measure possible to make sure I'm making the communications that I, I need to. Uh, where I can, and uh, knowing that, that's a helpful factor there. Because uh, one, one thing I was really looking out for, my bottom line, coming into the holiday season, um, sure. if if I didn't uh, meet their expectations, does, uh, do I get any severance? Because I've been there for five years. So, Yeah, I can tell you it's going to be extremely difficult for them to let you go without severance, but you don't even want them to try. And the best way to protect against that is to just – be, do what I say, and, and if you think that they're not measuring you on proper criteria, if you think that the performance review is not an accurate reflection of your job, your job, uh, your job performance, say so, say so in writing. And if they do let you go, with or without cause, with or without severance, 
call me to make sure that you get everything you're owed. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate your time as well. I want to wrap things up with an email here earlier. We, we got the whole constructive dismissal chat, but it's, a pre, it's pretty deep. I want to save it for tomorrow so we can give it its due time. Sure. So we'll get to a couple emails here because we're back at it tomorrow. Sean says, Leor, I was let go for cause because my employer said I missed too many days of work for medical reasons. Can they do that? Yeah, yeah. I always shake my head when an employer does that. I mean, a termination for cause is something you do to discipline an employee it's, it's to, to punish an employee for doing something wrong well if someone is sick what are what have they done wrong what are you yeah. disciplining them for right it's ridiculous no you cannot be fired for cause because you're sick because or because you took sick days that always would be a without cause termination could even be a human rights violation it's ridiculous to terminate someone for cause because they couldn't work for legitimate medical reasons and it always brings up that conversation. Well, I'm out of sick days. I can't be sick anymore, Lee, or they're going to let me go. They, you know, some employers think that too, right? Well, unfortunately, viruses don't care about how many <laughs> sick days you have. So, no, you can be off as long as you need to. Now, if you run out of sick days, that means you may not get paid by your employer while you're off, but you can still be off. You can still apply for EI or even short-term disability if you have it. You can be off for weeks months even years as long as it's legitimate and you have a doctor's note there's no cap on it and your employer doesn't get to decide hey look thanks for all the phone calls this evening you guys are awesome tuning again tomorrow we're back here at 6 30 leor's back at 6 30 and we'll pick up that conversation about constructive dismissal because it is a really important one the point we got to make so we'll get to that in 24 hours from now a little less but until then uh, you want to reach out to leor and his team no problem 1-855-821-5900 email help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website access to the severance calculator as well don't forget it pocketemploymentlawyer.ca catch you tomorrow at 6 30 enjoy the rest See you tonight.